All right. So uh, I think we said we didn't do this since uh, since COVID, and since before COVID, we didn't do it since 2016. I think it was the second year I was here. So we did the second. I mean, second year I was here, and then and then we hadn't done, uh, and then we did a COVID, and then we haven't done it. It's been three years already. So not that everything's changed, but I figured it's a good chance to review and. Um, Make sure we get. I, I have a lot to share, but I also have a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting just yes, many whatever questions you have. Well, we have a long time, so we can take as long as we need. Um, so I'll go. I'll go step by step, and maybe once I maybe we'll do it this way. I'll go through each kind of like category, and then if you have a question in that category, That's we will uh, will answer. And if we don't answer, then I'll write it down and I'll follow up with answers to you if you if we need it if I, if I don't know what it is um i got a new one today i never no one ever asked me about cheesecloth so i got that i got that question today so i have the answer i'll get to you later. you'll see i don't know i don't know what cheesecloth is you'll find out you'll find out that was that was a okay here we go no it's not making cheese yeah okay so let's start from the beginning Let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about... Let's start with Mechiris Chametz. Okay, we'll start like an order of operations here, I guess. Right, the first thing that we start with Mechiris Chametz... Well, no, sorry, let's do the first thing. The first thing is, we have to, you have food, so you've got to have a table. So come on in. Um, let's actually start with the most... We'll start and end probably with the most important uh, comments. Um, the most important comments are that Pesach, a contrary to popular belief, was not created to make us insane. Um, I will say that, and I mean that this I mean very seriously, Rabbi, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg just put out an article th- today, which I, I sh- maybe I should send to the whole shul, and he wrote, and he said the following, I thought it was very, very meaningful. He said, a pers- he said he, the title of the article was, don't say OCD, anxiety, or depression unless you mean it. Ah. And he said, that people say like, oh, Pesach, I'm so OCD. Khalilo, we shouldn't talk like that. Why? Because people who really struggle with OCD and with anxiety and with depression and these things, this, this time of year, particularly for OCD and for other, other things, can really make people really, 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 um, and whether, whether we have a diag- we're diagnosed with such a uh, diagnosis or whether we have those such certain tendencies, um, this time of year can make us really anxious. Um, and it is my goal tonight to help you feel less anxious. Because the goal of Chazal is not to make us all feel anxious. That's not the point. Yes, we want to get rid of the chametz. It's a mitzvah. You got right to get rid of your chametz. It's an iser. Kareis to eat chametz. That's true. But, but, but it is... That's only... That's, put that out there for a second. The iser of eating chametz is chametz that's a kazayas. 30 grams. A big chunk of chametz, right? The iser of, of owning chametz would be if you had... You know, again, a big donut, and you hadn't done bitol chametz, and you hadn't done mechiras chametz, and you hadn't done, you didn't do bedika. So we'll talk about bedika in a second, but we're all going to be okay. You know, whatever we do, we're going to be fine. Uh, you forgot something. You, we do enough things to cover ourselves. Chazal was smart that we overlap ourselves with with things to make sure that anything we're talking about here is like, you know, we just want to make sure. But we're not. No one's going to end up if you, if you mix up on something here or there. You're not going to. You know, it's not, the end of the, it's not the end of the world. And we should, yeah, of course we're careful about halacha. We're all careful about halacha. Somehow Pesach, like, amps it up. And I, I think we can, what I'd like to see for ourselves, and I try to do for myself if I can, is to channel it in a meaningful way. That we do what we got to do. We don't do more than we need to do. Um, 
and we do it in a way that we can, you know, I have here an article from Avinir. Shlomo Avinir wrote, wrote an article called how, do you, how to Do Your Pesach Cleaning Happily in Less Than One Day. So we're going to talk about that because it's important. It's important. Um, it doesn't mean you do nothing, but it means there's a way to do these things so that we can live our life and enjoy Yontif. And not that by the time we get to the Seder, we're ready to collapse and we all hit each other and we, we can't get okay, along. Like, we're sort of like missed the point here. If by the time we hit the Seder, we've like now all fighting and, and we're sowing shiz. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying we should try. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's hard anyways. But our goal is to make it less hard. And that's my goal tonight is to help us make it less hard. So let's just talk about Mechiros Chambets. Um, by definition, you will recognize some of these things. Some of these things will be reviewed for you. Some of these things might be new. But let's just go in order, okay? Number one, people, one of the, the, the big questions people ask, let's say if someone's going away for Pesach, right? Is they ask the question, well, like, I want to sell my whole house, right? I want to sell my whole house. That's fine. A person can sell their whole house. Um, but if you sell your whole house, what does that mean? So you're right. If a person sells their whole house, they don't have to do Mechiros Chambets at all. They just, as long as they're going to leave the house before the night of the 14th, Right, then they can sell the house. If they're, there, if they're going to be present in the house the night of the 14th, which is Tuesday night, April 4th, something like that, right? So if you're going to be in the house, so then you have the chiv of Bidika gets you know, activated the night of the 14th. But if you leave your house before that, you're not coming back for the whole Pesach, so you can, not just in theory, in reality, sell your whole house. What, is that, what does that mean, though? What it means, then, is that the non-Jew, when, when we go sell, sell the chametz, we sell it with that document the whole house, which means it belongs to him, which means that you lose access. So I can't sell my house for Pesach and not prepare my house at all for Pesach and then say, yeah, 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 you can use my three bedrooms throughout Pesach and sleep there. You can't sleep there. It doesn't belong to you, right? Because Mechiros chametz is not a joke. It's not fake. It's not a ceremony. It's a real sale. So if you want to leave your house and you want to just not use it at all for the whole, the whole, the whole Pesach, that's fine, but then, then you have to exit for the whole Yantif. So we do say, we tell the non-Jew, we say, if they want to come back and like exchange clothing, you know, uh, pop in for a second and grab something, is that okay? He says yes, so we, we allow that. Right? If a person's going away for the whole Yantif, but they want to pop into their house or something for a minute, that's okay. But to have people sleep over, that's not going to work. So what if a person is leaving for Pesach, but they want to they want to allow their house to be accessible. Um, so what do they do then? So then you're going to follow, we're going to talk about cleaning the house in a second, the regular rules of cleaning your house for Pesach, but, um, and this is very important, if a person's not using their kitchen, you don't have to kosher your kitchen. There's no isser, there's no prohibition to have your kitchen non-koshered for Pesach. There's no chametz there. Right? There's no chametz in your, you know, even though, to we, I know why it happens, because we think, I'm going to kosher my pots and pans and get the chametz out of it, Right? That's the blios. It's the taste that you can't get in if you're, if you're going to eat food. But if you're not using the kitchen, so then you can just leave it clean. You put the chametz away in certain places. You sell the chametz and you vacuum it. Set like we're going to talk about how, do you, how to set up your house. So if a person, again, you're going to sell your whole house, that's fine. But then you lose access for the whole Pesach, except to just to pop in for a minute. And if you're going, if you're in the opposite direction, you want to, you want, you're, you're leaving, but you want to let people sleep in your house. So then you do have to prepare your house minimally, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and just put your chametz in designated places, which you will sell the chametz in like, like a, in a usual fashion. So that's something good to, to know about. Especially it's good to know if you're asking someone to use their house. So to know what that's going to entail for them. It's not so crazy, as we were talking about how it's not such a, such a huge big deal, but it is something to keep in mind. Okay. Um, what if you want to sell chametz, but for somebody else? Your mother wants you to sell her chametz. Your child is in uh, you know, college, wants to sell their chametz. So how do you do that? It's, you can definitely do that. It happens all the time. But they should designate you as their shliach, right? Do you want to sell someone else? You, know, you want to 
you know, come to me or whoever you're sending chametz to with someone else's stuff. So they actually designate you as your shliach to do so. One of the questions that people ask is um, some people are careful. They don't like to sell chametz gumor. They don't sell, they, you know, I, they don't, they don't sell chametz. That's a, 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 I don't call it a chumra. It's a thing that some people are careful. They don't want to sell their chametz. Why? Because the Mechiras Chametz itself, the Mechiras Chametz came from, it really started, it's not a, it doesn't go, you know, there are Mishnayas that talk about it, but really it started um, in Europe when the Jew, one of the main businesses of the Jewish uh, families in Europe was they owned distilleries and they owned, you know, they had big alcohol businesses actually. So if they would have to get rid of all their Chametz, it would destroy their businesses. So, so the rabbis at the time came up with this idea of Mechiras Chametz, you'll sell it to a non-Jew, and that was, it was a big, you know, Hefzid Mamun. They were going to lose a lot of money if they didn't do that. So we have now, you know, made it much more popular, uh, but some people are still careful, they don't want to sell regular Chametz, they just sell mixtures of Chametz. That's fine if a person wants to do that, it's a nice thing to do. Um, but uh, there, are, there are actually, you can go online actually and check out like what the difference is, what things are considered chametz gomer, which things are just a mixture of chametz. Some people want to do that; it's nice, but you don't have to do that. That's like a nice thing if you want to do. That. Fine. Um, uh, one thing is good to know is there's no prohibition to own kidneys. Right. Own kidneys. So, like for example, we're going to talk about pets. Right? Someone's want to feed pets kidneys, want to feed babies kidneys. So that's you're allowed to get benefit from kidneys. You're allowed to own kidneys. You just can't. Eat kidneys. That's the only thing, and that's midir abana. So if you have kidneys things, you know. So usually it's a good idea if you have sodas or whatever, just like include it with the chametz stuff and put it away. But it is good to know that sometimes you know things like pet foods and other things that have kidneys. There's no, there's nothing wrong with keeping them around and owning it because it's there's no prohibition to own kidneys, just to own actual chametz. Okay. Uh, another question people ask: Can I sell the chametz in my office? So typically I tell people no, unless they are the le- are the lessee on their off- on their office. If you're the person who owns the office or you are the renter of the office, that's fine. Why, if you're not, then no. Why not? Because um, one of the ways that we sell the chametz is that the, we rent the space where the chametz is found to the nanji. It's one of the kinyanim that the nanji makes. He, buy, he rents your space because he rents the space, and now the chametz is in that space, so he makes the kinyan that way. So if you don't own the office, or you're not the, or you're not the, the one leasing the office, you can't give that person permission. So we try, if most as possible, for anybody, anybody here even go to an office, if you go to an office, to, uh, to take your chametz home if you can. If you can't, you absolutely can't. So we can rely on the shitos that allow you to do it anyways. But typically, you know, it's a nice idea. If you have chametz in your drawer or something at work, just bring it home and put it with your, with your regular chametz. What if your lease doesn't allow you to sublet without permission? Of the so yeah, it's not as good, correct. If, you're not, if you don't have permission, I usually ask people that, if you're allowed to sublet or not. If you're not allowed to, uh, you know, better not to. Better just bring it home if you can. Some people have tons and tons and tons of chametz at work, so then it's a different story. Sometimes it's part of their business; they have a lot of chametz. It's a different story. But if this person just has some, you know, granola bars in their desk, so just just bring them home, and it makes it easier. Okay. Any other questions about selling chametz? Yeah. Yes. Um, shared um, shared housing for like Macaulay students. Oh, shared housing. Okay. Uh, how, how, how any? I just saw that it's in the whole book. There is a thing. There. Oh, okay. What is that? I didn't that? The <laughs> <laughs> Shared housing. Um, if they have a lot of chametz there, if they're coming home for Pesach and there's not a lot there, then I, I would just I bring mean, it back. Right. There's okay. a lot, I probably. Think they might be there for so, some of this. Okay, so they're going to be there and there's a lot there, so that I would put it in their own, uh, they should just lock, you know, lock, put it away in their own area. Mm-hmm. And we'll, uh, you know, just like we do with, you know, with our, uh, our chametz in our houses, they do the same thing in theirs and we'll sell, we'll sell the space. My point is that if a person that doesn't have so much, they want to bring it back, they probably can't lease that space. For shared housing, I know YU, the housing office used to selling chametz through Rablau and then went to Orlean. 
subsequently, I don't know who after. But, right. And there was a special, well, their YU was like allowing you to to lease this space. contract that Rablau drafted about being a temporary temporary resident. resident. Right, right. Yeah, so we, it, we, we typically assume that it's okay. We just have them make judicial and we'll, and we'll, and we'll do it that well, way. It should be fine. On that same question, if yeah. you're talking about shared housing apartment mates, where they might buy supplies together. Mm-hmm. So they all, they all own it, but no one person. So they can all agree together to have one person do it on their behalf. One person. Yeah, exactly. Just have one person do it on their behalf. Exactly. Exactly. Any other Bechir's Chamez questions? Okay. We can come back to it if you want. Okay, let's talk about cleaning the house. Okay, so now... Cleaning our house. So I mentioned Rabbi, Rabbi Avenir uh, put out this article a number of years ago, how to, how to clean your house for Pesach in one day. And he, he points out a, a number of things. Uh, point number one is, like I mentioned earlier, to actually, there's, a, there's an Isser in the, in the Torah. An Isser that writes to own Chametz on Pesach. It's called Bayer Abayim Matzeh. Um, you violate Bayer Abayim Matzeh if you own a Kazais of, of, uh, of Chametz on Pesach. Okay, so what do we do to get rid of that problem? So there's one thing that we do that really covers us in a big way. And that is, at the end of our Badigas Chametz, on, you know, on the night of the 14th, what do we say? Kol Chamira. Kol Chamira is really important, actually. It's probably the most, one of the most important things we do getting ready for Pesach. We say it twice <laughs> at night, and we say it again the next day. At night, we leave out the food that we still, like, you know, still would come later on, but we say it twice. But the Kol Chamira does what's called Bito Chametz. And it means, what that means is that any Chametz that it turns out that I have, that I didn't know I have, I declare it as Hefker, as ownerless, and that's real. It means something for real. I, it doesn't belong to me anymore. And there, why do we do that? If it turns out now that I have uh, some donut sitting under my couch, I didn't know about it, even if it's a big, nice, juicy donut, I mean, juicy, I don't know whatever you call it, you would, uh, if it's juicy, you probably wouldn't like it, but you, uh, that, you, that you want it, that, that is there, you're fine. You didn't violate by Rebbe Yamatzeh because you did Bittu Chametz. We, Chazal tell us to do Bittu and Bedika. We also check why is that there's different explanations in Chazal because maybe I'm going to find that delicious donut on Pesach and hey, it looks really good and I'll forget and I'll eat it but the bottom line is we do by doing both Badika and Bittol you're going to be fine no matter what and that's why, why I keep emphasizing like you, no one should take a toothbrush to the floor of your you know whatever like everybody relax right like you're, you're fine you're going to do a Badika you're going to check the toothbrush is just like Fridge no, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the fridge and stuff. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now. Okay, no toothbrushes. For your teeth, they're fine, but not for anything else. Okay. So, can you use so, the same toothbrush that you use? Yeah, it's very good. Very good question. So, okay, so, so that's number one. Okay, you're going to do a bit of also. Good. So what am I doing when I search, when I do a, not bidikas chametz that night of the 14th. When I, when I get my house ready, what am I doing? I'm looking for real chametz. I'm looking for... Cheerios and uh, you know granola bars and real chametz. It's around the house. So how do you get rid of? It? Make sure you don't have it. Everyone in their own way. You clean your house. What do you do? You vacuum. You vacuum underneath the couches. You vacuum and you take. It's good once a year to take the couch cushions off, anyways, and vacuum one time. Check. check. You probably do it more often, but some people don't. But uh, you know. But you clean your house like a normal cleaning, right? You vacuum under the beds. You all that kind of stuff. Yes, should you, if you have children who have maybe got hordes and hordes and hordes of shalach manos. Why do we do this? Shalach manos one month before Pesach. But you have <coughs> hordes and hordes and hordes of food in their room because of, you know, you know uh, because of shalach manos. Okay, so those rooms you should really check. You should look in their drawers and look in their, you know, underneath their beds to make sure there's no real chametz there and get rid of it. But you should not go crazy. Check around, make sure it's not there, check under their pillows, you know. But like if they have, you know, like, I don't know, like their sweatshirts for the fall sitting up in the top of their closet. 
like no one in their right mind is putting food there. Maybe your kids are. I don't know. But like, as, if you don't, if it's not a place where chametz would go, you don't have to check it. Especially if you don't have little kids in your house anymore, and you're like, and you have you know closets and you know all kinds of things that have clothing in them. You don't have to go looking in there for chametz. There's no chametz there. You don't have to check your attic for chametz if no person ever brings food there. You don't have to check for chametz in your boiler room. If, norm- okay, if people do walk around with chametz, it's a different story. But like, if you don't, then those are not places you need to check for chametz. And even, if you, and even the places you do have to check, you check it in a normal way. You go, you look, you try to find it, and then you leave. Uh, you know, so th- that's, uh, it's, it's really important. Um, your bathroom, exactly. Like, how much chametz can you possibly find in your bathroom? We're going to talk about medicine in a second. So like, it just, you should do it. You should look and find things. You should look in bags. bags are good. Backpacks are a great place to find all kinds of stuff. So uh, you find some extra change usually, right? But like, you, you definitely check bags, backpacks, purses. That's a, that's a place a person should check. But again, like normal, like regular. How do I check, how do you check your car? So you want to do it yourself. You don't have to spend $85 at some place to have them do whatever they do for $85. You can do it yourself if you want. I, I usually do it myself. I just vacuum my, I take the vacuum, I vacuum my car. If I can't get underneath the, like the most disgusting piece of something <coughs> stuck to the under underside of a chair, well, no one else is going to either. Um, and you're not going to touch it on Pesach. So if, you, if it turns out there's a pretzel stuck there and you didn't know, and you can't see it, and you can't touch it, and it's moldy and disgusting, you don't have to like go crazy to get it out of there. It's already nifsal anyways. And even if you can't find it, you didn't get to it, so you revatal it when you said kochamir. Again, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying checking for chametz. You should. But I am downplaying the like neurosis that comes into play sometimes where we get so nervous and worried that we miss like one crumb. A, cr- a crumb that you miss isn't by Rabbi Matzeh. It isn't. So it's just really important to keep that in mind. You should check, you should vacuum like a mensch and really clean it up and clean it well, take the, the mats out, the whole story, uh, and, and, and clean it. But once you've cleaned it, you've done it, you've done it over and you don't see any, any, chametz, any you know, chametz you can see left, then leave it alone. There's like little tiny things in a crevice somewhere you can't get it out. Okay, so like you don't have to worry. You're gonna be about to let it thing that thing anyways. So you know, no, don't get your toothbrush out and start. You know, Avenir writes you shouldn't be using pliers to uh, check your 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 car for chametz because you know they, if you're unscrewing things, you're in trouble. No right? No screwdrivers. No screwdrivers. Um, okay. What is important, and people oftentimes forget this, is that when you're done on erev Pesach. Make sure to, before this month, 11, whatever time is, 11, I'm not telling you exactly, I think it's 11.54 or something on Arab Pesach, the last time you can, you can own chametz. You should make sure to take the vacuum, vacuum bag out of the vacuum cleaner, because then you're going to have all kinds of chametz in there. It's probably gross, but there is some chametz. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, it's better to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Um, so that you should do that. But you People, don't have to wash the vacuum cleaner. You do not you have, have to wash the vacuum cleaner. This is, what, this is what I'm talking about. Or like, <laughs> or like the broom. The broom. What about my broom? Just, just shake it out outside. Just shake it out outside. That's it. So, You're Rabbi, fine. if we don't necessarily have a pickup error of pace ah, in the garbage. Good, good, good. Right now. We're talking about garbage right now. I've half scared my, my so right, vacuum so bag. Good. So, let's talk about garbage. And reci- I also got, an e- I got a, I did get a question about recycling. So, recycling. Recycling is much easier. If your recycling has nothing in it, it's not coming. So you're fine. So uh, you don't have to worry. You can have you can have all bottles and boxes of you know your old boxes from Frosted Flakes or whatever, like your Honey Nut Cheerios are sitting. That's, that there's nothing in them. Just because it's Honey Nut Cheerios on doesn't make a comment. It's just a box. <laughs> um, so that's all fine. Um, garbage. 
Garbage is a, is a question. It's a bad year this year because it comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday. I don't know. You're, mine's like on Thursday to pick up. So uh, there's a couple things you can do. In, in places where you can just put your garbage out, which we don't do here for most of us, right? So then you can just put it out there and make it hefker. But we don't do that. We, most of us keep the garbage next to our house. Um, so one, one option is to uh, – it's like a little funny, but I, this is what I do. Actually, you pour a little detergent right, in the bag. Right. And then whatever's in there is totally enough salt. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. the idea of garbage that it's not... So if so Adler, Rabbi Adler used to always say, that's a bittel. Because you throw it in the garbage, that's a bittel. That is bittel. I'm not everyone agrees to that. Rabbi Adler used to say that. That just putting it in the garbage itself shows that you don't want it anymore. That's the way of making it hefker. Then some, I mentioned that once and someone said to me, one of the lawyers, you know, like, hocked me like, it's not true. If someone would come to your garbage and take things out, they could be like liable for, you know, it's like it's stealing. It's still on your property. From the perspective of Bittal, because that's the yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. Some, some explain it. Some Maybe say no. Other posts can say no. It's outside. Outside, yeah. So other posts can. a little fantastic? Yeah, you just put a little, a little detergent I mean, in there. No, no, right, no right-minded person in our community is going to go into the garbage to retrieve their hummus. Correct, so correct. By oh the fact that they're putting it in the trash, it's a you are trash. You are describing in front of us the Machal Gazaposkin. So people have different, uh, different approaches to this. So Rabbi Ali does say, putting it in there and you, you include your Kol Chamira and Mafgirit, he says that works. A lot of posts don't say that. They say you should put something in there just to get rid of it. In the old days, you know, when it's, if, it's a, if you only have like one or two bags, you know, one bag, they used like, in like Burger for these stuff, like a garbage, garbage truck, just people just come drop their garbage off. But, you know, but any of those things, any of those things will work. We can go to Assuming recycling Thursdays here. Yeah. Depends where you live, what side of the street. Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Yeah. Could you still use the recycling can while, while there was, I don't know, Bottle of Cheerios box in it? Whiskey. That has, might have a... It's, as bottle. long as it's empty. As long as it's empty, don't worry about it. It's not empty. So you should probably... Make sure you, have, you should wash it out. The next few weeks, wash Just wash them out. Yeah, wash them out. Wash them out. But you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Wash out your liquor. You're going to be okay. Okay, so Okay, so let's talk. let's talk about actual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you wake up first Pesach morning and your friendly neighborhood raccoon has come by and knocked over your garbage and oh, your driveway, what do you do? There's comments laying on the driveway. Then. Shoot that raccoon. Uh, I don't know. You call your rabbi. I don't know. Um, you know, if you put if you put, if you put the church in there, the raccoon's not going to come. So uh, that'll 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 take care of it. You know. Um, well, you couldn't pick it up. Well, driving any benefit from it. No, you could just get you would you would you'd want you'd want to clean it up and get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. What about so let's talk about Bedigas Chametz. So Bedigas Chametz takes place the night of the fourteenth, which I think this year is April fourth. You do it after Seis Kochavim. So what, we use a, use a flashlight, not a candle. Um, so we'll start with a candle. It's like nice zecher to the, the old days, but you can't really look with a, you can't really check with a with a candle. So you use a flashlight. Or Willie says it's fine. Um, and you'll check, you know, in a reasonable way. But w- when do we do it? So if you're doing it the, four- the night of the 14th in your house, you make a bracha, you do the B'dikas Chametz. What if a person's going away? So a person's going away, so then, and they're leaving before the night of the 14th, they should also do B'dikas Chametz on their house before the night before they leave, whatever night that is, the night before they leave, without a bracha, without a bracha. Um, if you're going to like a hotel or some other place, and you're going to arrive there, and you'll be there the night of the 14th at that hotel or wherever you're staying, you do B'dikas Chametz in your suite or your room with the bracha right there in, that, in the hotel. Um, what about the 10 pieces of bread? Okay, 10 pieces of bread. So 
we now learned in my house finally that whatever you, if you want to, the minute of the Arizal is to put 10 pieces of bread. It's not a mitzvah. It's not a chiv. You don't have to do it. But that's a minute to do that. So we always, Khani takes notes where the kids, you know, so we always don't, we don't lose money, you know. <laughs> but you should also do is take very small pieces that you hide. Why? It's less than a kazayas. You take very small pieces. So if you lose it, it's, uh, it's less than a kazayas anyway. So just take a small piece. Is the person who's going to like, like, can Dan do the hiding? Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just a way of getting, just because you're, you're going to say a bracha, I'll be your chametz when I have something to burn. That's the reason people, that's also, reason people do that. use dried pasta, it doesn't really Dried dry. pasta, whatever you like. Or get the, the kind you can buy for 10 bucks, like a lot of express, you know, they'll, they'll sell you a dikas chametz. Thank you. There you go. So, so there's, here's, this is the number one challenge. What if it crows and lots of pieces? Put it in bags, in bags, in bags. Okay, number one challenge. I'm going away for Pesach. I'm going away for Pesach. I'm doing B'dikas Chametz and I'm leaving the 15th in the morning. 14th in the morning. Right? What do I do with my 10 pieces of bread? Okay, so you know what the number one answer is? The number one answer is do not take it with you wherever you're going. Okay, do not take it with you because people literally will say like, oh my gosh, I woke up the second day Yantif and I had 10 pieces of bread in my, in my bag. Like, it's, just, just get rid of it. If you're, if you're not going to be at B'dikas Chametz, so just get rid of it, flush it. But the Chol Chamira doesn't take care of it? Yeah, it will, I guess, in the end. But like, just don't mess around. You're gonna have, don't don't take it with you. It's not some big, you know. And it's not. It's the reason we burn it. Who does the opinion that Shreifa only is the mitzvah of beer hummus? That's why we have the, we have the minute to burn it. But if you're running, if you're going away, you don't you're not gonna be able to go, to go to the beer hummus. Flush it. Just get rid of it some other way, and that way you don't have to. Uh, just don't take it with you. You know that you can't take it with you. That's about the hummus. Um, okay. Any questions? Other questions about Badiyah's hummus? Do you have to do the attic? Do you have to do the attic? You don't have to do any place where chametz never ever goes. You don't have to check your. Yeah. You don't Although there was one year I che- I for some reason decided to check books. It was the only time in my life, and a granola bar wrapper came out. But it was still a wrapper. If you have a book, if you have a book that you learn every Shabbos, you know, with like a Danish or something. Okay, so check check. If you swim with that, it's fine. But you do not have to go through your entire shelf of books and open every single one, and you're gonna, we're going to not make it to the Seder if we do that. I um, mean, it's not, you're not going to do that. So you don't have to do that. Okay. Um, yeah? This may not be Badika, but if, let's say, we get to Pesach and we want to find, like, a donut or something like that. So you break it. So if it's Yantif, you just cover it up. It's Muksa on Yantif. You can't eat it. It's Muksa. So you just cover it up. Um, it, just yeah, cover with something, and then the Gemara talks about this, and it's covered up, and then after after you know uh, afterwards, the best thing to do is just break it up and flush, <coughs> flush it down the toilet. That's the big, the best way to make something nifsal, and no one ever eat it is you flush it down the toilet. No one's ever gonna eat it ever again. So uh, so that's you know flush it. I only did it before toilets, you know. They put it in the outhouse, I guess. Um, but that, that's the best thing to do if you find chametz on Pesach. Yeah. Um, if you have uh, Amazon subscribe and save or whatever these things. Make sure to cancel them before Pesach or put them on hold or whatever, that they shouldn't be charging your credit card and delivering. I, someone a few years ago had pasta delivered to their house on Pesach. People subscribe and save yeah. pasta. Yeah, say so pasta right at their house. So just uh, don't, if you have subscribe and save, just keep in mind uh, to get to the area. Or okay. any order that hasn't come. Or any order that involves chametz that you're ordering to your house, make sure to, that you either got it already and you sold it, or you, if it didn't come before Pesach, it's a big shadow if, it, if it's included in your mechir right now. No, so just... Okay, let's talk about um, some Pesach 
products and questions that come up with Pesach products. Okay, I'm just going to give you a, a few highlights. A lot of these are in the, are in the guide, but just a few gui- uh, highlights to be aware of. Um, this sounds obvious, but alcoholic beverages need a Pesach certification, right? Otherwise, you assume that they're chametz. Um, aluminum foil and pans and things like that do not require special for Pesach certification. Neither does dish detergent. Do not be kosher for Pesach. Actually, it doesn't have to be kosher. I know they have OUs on them on palm olive. I don't know why. They don't. Washing kids' mouth. They don't. So yeah, maybe that's why you don't need them at all. Um, I guess the, the OU makes money on that. I don't know, but you do not need a kosher certification on dish soap. Certainly not kosher for Pesach. So uh, don't spend extra money on kosher soap. Um, okay. Uh, baby foods and baby formula. So baby formula is uh, usually, it's kidneyos. There's almost no baby formula that is not kidney. Like there's some like Jewish brands they make, but very, very little. It's usually kidneyos. That's fine. It's permissible to serve kidneyos, to have children eat kidneyos, certainly babies. To have kidneyos is totally fine. Um, you got to use, uh, you know, bottles. Bottle, you should use the bottles in a separate sink and you use it in, the kitchen, in a different sink so you don't have to worry about it. Don't mix it in with the chametz. Um, but... Uh, there is a, there's a list. The, the OU has a list of like a gazillion formulas that are kosher, kosher for Pesach in the sense that they don't have, they, they don't have any chametz in them. So it's good to make sure they don't have chametz in them, but having kinyos in them is permissible. Um, some of the, post, the, the, the organizations talk about buying formula before Pesach just in, just in case because some of them have uh, sorbic acid in them. So if there's a small amount before Pesach, the chametz is, whatever chametz is there is batel. Once Pesach starts... So then the chametz isn't bottle anymore. So it's a good idea to buy it ahead of time if you're buying it. Um, jars, baby jars of you know uh, baby food should be she needs a Pesach certification on it because otherwise it's produced in plants that are producing oatmeal and other things. So it's important to have it. Yeah. This might be silly, but should you be opening up new uh, aluminum foil, new bags, and that stuff? It's not silly. It's a good question. You, you don't have to. You don't have. To. You have a thing of plastic cups. Okay. If, look, if you're the type of person who, when you go to your plastic cups, you have like, I don't know, Flowers. dough on your hands while you're handling them, okay, so then I guess so. My, my cups and plates and things are in my pantry. Uh, you know, no one touches them with chametz on their hands. It's not, not, and they're in bags. So I, you don't have to go and buy a brand new set of paper plates and cups, etc. You, you should notice. If they're dirty, if they're dirty, obviously, then don't use them. But you should get rid of them. But if they're not dirty, and they're totally, totally clean, then there's no reason you have to go buy new ones uh, for, for Pesach. Um, I, I don't have it on my list, but one really important thing also, uh, towels, tablecloths, just wash them. There's no such thing. It's the Pesach. Pesach towels. I love, I love our mothers and our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers are wonderful, amazing people. I'm thinking about talking about, if I can figure it out for Shabbos, like, like the chumras of Pesach, which are beautiful in a certain sense, they are, some of them are based in zero halacha, none, zero. Maybe they were more then, but but like when they their washing wasn't as good. We wash our things in hot water in the in the washing machine. Your towels and your and your your cloth napkins and your you know all those things. Your bed sheets. I don't know. All of them are totally fine. You just they, they just make them clean, just clean them just clean them out of them. Totally good. Um, okay, one, this is also very important, baby rice cereal. Excuse me, rice cereal, how can rice cereal not be okay? Rice cereal is just rice, right? So it should be kosher for Pesach, it's just kidney oats for babies. So the answer is not true because they produce them together in the same exact plant with the oatmeal. So they're produced on chametz lines. So even baby rice cereal really should not be used on Pesach um, unless it has like a special kosher for Pesach certification. Okay, um, people a lot of times ask about like chapstick, 
um, and like uh, other things you put on your mouth. We're going to talk about more of that in a second, actually. We talk about cosmetics, but um, you know, you just use a new, open a new chapstick for Pesach. That's a good idea. Why not? We live in America. We can we can open a new chapstick. The reason people, it's, it's you don't need it, so it's, it's fine. Okay to wipe off your lipsticks if they're expensive and you don't want to buy anyone. A new, yeah, you don't you don't have to get a new lipstick. Um, I'm saying, a person wants to, you know, get a new chapstick, a good idea, unflavored. The flavors aren't kosher, aren't kosher Pesach. So just get unflavored. Like, if a person uses a flavored chapstick on Pesach, are they going to, you know, I, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? What did you do? Nothing so bad. You're putting something in your mouth. So we try to be a little more mouth, a little more careful of things we put in our mouth. It's actually hard to find the unflavored floss. Dental like, floss? Always, I'm always it's hard to find. Like, you can get a shop right now at Target. It's crazy. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Unflavored floss, if you can. It's a good idea. People ask this question all the time. People ask all the time about, about eggs. What's the story with eggs? Because like always like a thing, what's with eggs? So the bottom line is, if you buy eggs on Pesach, there's no such thing as kosher Pesach eggs. There's not really any such thing. You can buy eggs on Pesach. Why are some people machim to buy eggs before Pesach? So one of the reasons is when they stamp the eggs with those uh, stamps, which I guess are technically are edible, I guess, they're putting it on food. They somehow have chametz in the stamp, like the, like the, or, or they wash the eggs. Or they wash them sometimes with some like special washing thing that could have, that's edible, that could have some type of traces of chametz. That's what the some are machim. You really can buy eggs anywhere. Some machim. Some you've heard people, I'm sure, say you should buy eggs before Pesach. That's one of the reasons why. But in the bottom line is, it's nice, buy eggs before Pesach, that's great. You can buy enough, then good. If it turns out you didn't buy enough before Pesach, you only have so much room in your fridge, and you're stuck, you can certainly buy eggs on Pesach and be, uh, be make I, I thought you know, the concern about eggs is the, the chicken uh, feed. The feed the chicken, chicken feed. Chicken. Yeah, but it's a, also very confusing because the chicken feed is not in the eggs. So it's, like, it's, a, it's a confusing chumrah. Some people are machmer because the chicken feed is the same reason. But, but, the same, but the same thing. So it'll but be a real machlokis when <laughs> passes the chicken work. Yes, there we go. Yeah, exactly. So that's why some people, again, part of the reason why some people are machmer to buy their eggs before Pesach. But if a person finds himself in a situation where they did not, you should not go eggless for the rest of Pesach. It's okay. You can What about lactate milk? What's the deal ah, so we're going to get to milk in a second. Okay. Red head milk. Okay, one thing to know. Flour. Regular flour. You say, how can flour be chametz? Flour is just flour. We treat flour like chametz um, because it probably may have come into contact with the water. We don't know. So we treat all flour as chametz. You say, you know, so you, put, you should put flour all the way with your chametz things. Um, uh, egg matzah. This is an important one because there's a lot of egg matzah. Is matzah made with fruit juice. They call it egg matzah, fruit juice or eggs. Um, it means that it's matzah that couldn't be used at the Seder. You wouldn't be able to... Uh, uh, be yotzu with that with that matzah seder. So we always say that pe- the people who are like uh, you know now people are sick or elderly can eat egg matzah. But why? Um, so because because we there's a machlokas whether why egg matzah. Like the cons- why is, <laughs> no, why is it good for sick people? Literally. Because it's softer. It's softer. Uh-huh. It's easier to digest. It's softer, easier to. So yes, we allow that. By the way, even a sick or elderly person cannot be yotzu the mitzvah of matzah the seder with egg matzah anyway. So even if the person's eating egg matzah during Pesach, they cannot. Do so uh, at the seder. It's not going to count as as, uh, as matzah. Um, also, those who are not sick or elderly should not eat egg matzah at all because the machlokas whether egg matzah has the status of chametz. So we assume mikra din it's not, but much better person should not. And there's a lot of egg matzah products actually still made by some even the Jewish brands. I make these egg matzah crackers, egg matzah tent. You can take a look, but they say on them. They usually say on them made egg matzah. Just be careful when you're buying like egg, you know, matzah crackers. If they're egg matzah crackers, you really, unless you're a person who needs them, you should really not be eating them at all on Pesach. So that's something to, to be aware of. Okay, this is a big one. This came out, this was a COVID thing, but 
I think it should stay um, because it's so expensive to buy meat and poultry. Uh, meat and poultry that has not been processed. Okay, you bought it a month ago. Um, today, if you buy meat somewhere, it's going to be worth for Pesach already. But you bought it a month ago, right? And it's raw meat. It's just unprocessed, you know, cut meat sitting in a shrink wrap thing, right? So it does not need a Pesach certification. Why? Because it's just a piece of meat. You should, if it doesn't say kosher Pesach on it, you should wash it off. Why? Because there are maybe breading chicken somewhere near it, so make sure to wash it off before you use it. But it's just, and by the way, it's not really going to have breading on it because they're careful. But, but even so, if you buy it by way of like an OU on it or like any of these like national ashkachas, they keep their plants kosher Pesach the whole year, like Empire. Really? Like these places yeah. keep it uh, kosher Pesach the whole year. But it doesn't need special kosher Pesach certification. There are certain, certain places, but if processed, if it's ground meat or ground turkey, that's different. That should need, need special kosher Pesach certification um, all the time. I mean, on Pesach. But uh, if you have, like, someone's like, what if I have a, you know, a brisket in the, in, the, in the freezer? Can I use that for Pesach? The answer is yes, just, just rinse off. You will see some, some of the kosher you know, organizations will say, not like what I just said. But a lot of postcombs assume that that's totally fine. Same and again, fish. what? Same with fish, like salmon or tuna? Fre- Fre- raw salmon. Raw, raw salmon. If it's frozen, they put glazes on it, and so you have to check the, the names. And I know like Kirkland, okay. every year it's a little different. So you should just check the OU guide, you know, which thing you, you know, uh, like especially the classical ones. But, fr- but fresh, totally fine. Yeah, totally fine, not a problem. Not chopped. Not chopped meat. If it's, if, it's, if it's ground, if it's processed, then we should be, uh, we should be only get with kosher paste, because then, then it's processed. So, yeah. Rabbi, in our, a lot of our kosher butchers, like Grand Nessex and Cedar, you know, they have like uh, marinated things and they have pre-breaded things. So a lot of those things are being prepared in the correct. back. So, correct. You know, that's where they're, they might be That's why those be mach- Correct. That's where those would be machmer. But the bottom line is, none of those things are being cooked. So it's just, if it, if it touched a piece of breading and so you rinse it off, then it's going to be fine. As long as you wash it, you'll be fine. Um, okay, milk. Milk. Fresh milk does not require kosher Pesach certification. Um, if it is bought before Pesach, for sure, not, not a problem. Why are some people mocked with to buy milk before Pesach? First of all, here, it, you're okay already. When I lived in Charleston, this was a big problem. But you live now, or 20 years ago. But now, if you go to any shop, right, the, the milks all say kosher Passover on them, I think, most of them. So even during Pesach, you really would be fine. They're going to find a kosher Pesach milk. Anyways, um, why are some people careful to buy, Pes- uh, buy milk before Pesach? For the same reason, they, there's some additives, the vitamin D, some of the things they put in have some traces of chametz. Chametz is not, but, is, is not bottled on Pesach. It's bottled before Pesach. So that's why there's always been this uh, you know, um, thing to buy milk before Pesach. And if you buy it on Pesach, it has to have a hashkacha. But you can typically find milk with hashkacha on Pesach. So you should really be probably end up being okay, especially if you go to like any regular big supermarket. Like I don't know if it's the same thing like you go to like the farmer's market necessarily, right? But if you go to ShopRite or any of those places, you're going to find it. It says kosher Pesach on it. So you should really be okay. Lactaid, yeah. yeah, Lactaid should be purchased before Pesach only. As as before Pesach, uh, yeah, it's purchased before Pesach. It's okay. Is that only Not lactaid if it's flavor. brand or is it because like Target uh, has it? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I know Lactaid brand, yes. Um, I don't know about the other ones. You should, you should probably check the one of the you know the OU guide or whatever to see. But um, lactate pills, if they're non-chewable, they're fine. We're going to talk about medications in a second. Non, if you just swallow them, you can definitely use them on Pesach. If they're chewable, you should not use them on Pesach, uh, preferably unless they have a uh, you know ashkacha. Um, okay, what else? Okay, let's talk about toiletries for a minute. Okay, 
shampoo, body wash, uh, I don't know, whatever, perfumes, deodorant. If you go to some of these guides, they, have, they tell you every single one that doesn't have any chametz ingredients. What, why are they doing that? Because some were makbid that these things could in theory be turned into alcohol. How did they know? Then in the 1920s, they would turn these things, you know, they would take these items and turn them denatured alcohol, whatever, and turn them, and turn them into alcohol. So some poskim are machmir on this thing, but the vast, vast majority of poskim are not machmir for such a thing. And if it's an item that is, it's nifsam lechilas kalev, no dog would eat any of these things. You don't have to get special Pesach, you know, uh, shampoo or conditioner or uh, any of those things. You don't, deodorant, perfume, uh, you don't have to do that. Do, some, are ma- some are makbid. I myself am makbid for things that you put in your mouth. Why? Because they happen to have lists of things that, that are mouthwash. You know, ma- mouthwash, you, you, know, you could swallow it. Um, you know, people don't eat it. So bottom line is, the ikaradin, even mouthwash and toothpaste are fine also without the special ones for Pesach. But they happen to have lists. The, the Star K has a whole list. Actually, I pulled it from there. I put it in, the, in my guide. I put the ones that are, that are kosher for Pesach. So if you want to, it's nice. You want to find, you know, it's, it's nice every once in a while to go a little bit, do a little extra. So get the kosher, the kosher Pesach toothpaste. It's not, it's not Jewish brand. You don't have to worry. It's like, uh, right, Colgate. It's the white Colgate. Colgate, Scope, you know, whatever it is. Colgate, Pepsodent, Ultra Brand, whatever. Aim. So get a, get a, get a, get a kosher one, and that's, uh, and that's better. Um, but if you don't, it's okay. Water does not need Ashkacha for Pesach. Just water. Unflavored seltzer does not need Ashkacha for Pesach. Once you have flavorings, that's a different story. Yeah. What they say? You can't use Kirkland water. Yeah, everyone. People hawk me about this every year. They, oh, you said it? they finally they said it. Yeah. No, they said it. Buy it before Pesach. What they say? It's a, it's one of those things that doesn't fall in. That it, it normally has no U, but yeah. it doesn't fall and can be used without the OUP certification. It doesn't have that. It does Kirkland not, water it does not fall within that. Okay, so I don't know why. Certain some additives. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard this also, Kirkland water. I don't know. I can't. I can't confirm or deny. I can't. I can't confirm or deny. Kirkland water. I'll write it down. We'll find that. Yeah. I looked on the old website in the store. Yeah. Said the Pure Life, like, which is I don't think spring water. I don't know if it might be. But they said that's that needs to have. Uh, that, that, that's not kosher with Pesach. What's it called? Pure Light? Pure Light. A Nestle? It's the Nestle one? Okay, so for Pesach, you just splurge. Purified water is yeah. different. Purified water is just filtered kind of like. Yeah. Different than spring water? Okay, so I don't know. I can't confirm or deny the differences in those in those waters, but... You know, take take a look. I guess be a little careful. Yeah. Water filters for your tap. Ah, water filter for your tap. Yeah, like I have a water filter that I change. You know, on your tap, it's connected to your tap. Connected to the tap. It should not need water from my tap. It should. It should. I bet you they'll tell you in these guys that you should change them for Pesach. Right. Okay. okay. That's nice, Fine. I guess. I can't imagine what is going through the tap. You know, the like going the, other direction. the water goes the other direction, I guess. Okay, maybe. You could change it before Pesach. Is that a big deal to change it for Pesach? No. So change it, I guess. Why not? I guess so. I don't know. I don't think it's like. I can't imagine what the thing is, what the issue is. I guess only if like something splashes up. I don't know if what's in the filter is a concern. No, it's not. I, I don't think so. Brita, the Britas, for example, so people. Ask, uh, Okay, ready? Yeah, we gotta hurry up. Uh, Britas, we'll get the Britas at the end. Okay, so um, wines. Just keep in mind, not every wine is kosher Pesach. Okay, so just check. If, if you have wine, just check it. Make sure it's kosher Pesach. And it's not gonna be chametz. 
but it doesn't mean in terms of drinking it, just check for the pee before you, uh, before you use it. Okay. Um, I don't really want to get into all the different types of kidney oils and what are, is not kidney oils. I put a whole list here. I don't, I, this is not from my memory. This is a list I got from somewhere of what's kidney oils and what's not kidney oils. Um, I found out today, I didn't know the difference. There's fennel seeds and fennel bulbs and leaves. Fennel bulbs and leaves are not kidney oil. Fennel seeds are kidney oil, in case anyone wants to know. Someone asked me the question. So I didn't know that. I looked it up. found the answer. Seeds are a spice that you might use in cooking. Fennel bulbs are a vegetable like other vegetables. Okay, see? I didn't know. Now I know. There you go. Pets. Okay, the biggest, the biggest shiloh that I will get the three days before Pesach is... My pet, my pet is going to die on Pesach if I don't change this thing. Okay? So... What do we do with pets? So there's two things to know. Number one is that pet food the whole year cannot have basar b'chalav in it. Okay, that's, we should be careful if we have dogs. Lots of people have dogs. We should be careful with dog food not to have meat and milk. You cannot get benefit from meat and milk. So like, this, this shadow is worth it just for that. So everyone remember that, that there's a lot of dog foods, and maybe, I don't know about cat foods, but do, I think dog foods, and I should check any, any pet foods that have meat and milk mixed together. You cannot you give that to your dog because you're getting benefit from that meat and milk. Uh, what about Pesach? So Pesach, you have to make sure that your pet food does not have chametz. Um, and for some uh, animals, it can be quite a little thing to figure out how to deal with it. The Petco, the guy at Petco here in, by Staples, you know, in uh, Hackensack. So he's oftentimes very helpful for people. Uh, people call Petco and they've, they've helped out a few times. Um, there's a few different things that, you know, people give their fish instead of the things you're usually giving them. But you can't, but the bottom line is, you can't own that chametz to give to your dog. Like, what do you mean? It's just for my dog. It doesn't matter. You, a, you own it, and B, and B, you're getting benefit from it. So you can't do that. So people get all kinds of, you know, I've had people who like will put their dog in the kennel for all of Pesach so that they can just, they'll, they'll, they sell the dog to the kennel, and the kennel will, they'll keep the dog, and they'll feed the dog. But what's really not so great, and some, some of you stuck, is like, I'll sell the dog to a non, the non-Jew who buys the chametz, and then I'll keep him in my house and feed him his chametz. It's like a little difficult. You sold the dog and you're keeping holding on to it. But um, you know, but it's, you know, but if you have a if you have a, a pet that has a pet food issue, work on it now, not Arab Pesach, because then we're in trouble. Yes. No, correct. You can give your animal kidneyos, but some animals I've come to know are not happy with kidneyos. They let their they let their they let their owners know. So that's something to pay attention to. Okay, medicine, medicine. Do not. Stop any medicine for Pesach without speaking to your doctor and to your rabbi. Um, if you have to take medicine that you swallow, it is fine. Why? Because that's not achila. You don't have to worry about it. If it's medicine, mamish medicine that you swallow, it's non-chewable, capsules, capsules, um, etc. Are, are totally fine. Even unflavored liquids uh, do not require uh, Pesach certification. Um, uh, if it's a chewable pill, or, or, or a, um, a liquid medication, so then there's much more to talk about. We have to, you know, there are lists. I have these, I have the Star K book and it has lists and lists and lists of medicines. You guys don't all have to buy it. I buy it every year just to make sure I have it. Lists and lists of medications just to make sure. So if it's a, if it's a chewable or a liquid, uh, we should check it out, but you should not stop taking a medicine. Pesach, I'll be, I'll be machmir. Don't do that. Um, keep taking your medicine, and, but, but ask about it. Um, vitamins is a different child a little bit because vitamins typically are extra. If it's an extra vitamin that you take because it's nice and it's, you know, it's a nice extra thing, so then you should really make sure that it's kosher for Pesach um, rather than um, make sure it's kosher for Pesach. If it's an issue and you, take, you really need it, you can't find kosher for Pesach, then talk to me about it. 
Um, this, this, is, this is an issue all year, actually, the difference between regular medications and vitamins, because typically there's a big what happens if a person that takes a food, it's a food item, and then it becomes no longer a food item. Like, it becomes nifsal, it becomes processed in a way that it's no longer a food. And now I decide to eat it. So does that go back to becoming, it's called achshave. Does it go, because now I eat it, is it considered like a food? Or no, it's, it's by definition not a food. So that's a big machal of So we assume by any medicines, we're making it. It's a real medicine the doctor prescribes for you. Then we assume that it's not a problem. But if it's an extra thing that you don't really need, so then there's reasons to be, to be more machal and to make sure you get a hashkacha. So that's why we talk about vitamins and, and, and medicines a little bit differently. I put a list here of uh, children's suspension medicines and stuff that are all uh, kosher based. Those all have flavors. You know, so it's definitely better to get them with, with hashkacha if you can because uh, you know, we try to have our children keep pace, keep. Uh, Is that emailed around already? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's out in the in the guide that I sent out. Um, okay. Any other questions about products or medications? Not a product, but water. Okay, so we're gonna so do uh, now. We're gonna do kashering. Wait, what's with the parchment paper? I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Hold on. I know I did look it up. I don't think it's a problem. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Is that true? Yeah, I don't know. Parchment I, paper? I, last year and I'm sure I don't have it on my list. But I think the Kirkland brand, Kirkland is fine according to OU. Oh. Yeah. What about RJ? <laughs> There's your answer. I'll check it out. I'll check it out also. But uh, I use the Target one. Parchment paper, good question. Kirkland water and par- I like adding to our list. Parchment paper. I'll check it out. But if they say, again, I'll say what I said at the beginning. If you look in any of those guides, OU, CRC, Stark, and you see something is okay, then it's okay with me. Um, so as long as they say it's okay, then you don't have to come back to me and ask. If it says in their things that it's fine, I just use their guides also. So it's, uh, so, uh, it's totally fine. Okay. Anything else before we get to Kashrink for the last 10 minutes? Okay. Most important public service announcement about Kashrink. Most things that you need to Kashr need to lay idle for 24 hours before you kosher them. That's why it's not a good idea to leave things to the last minute to kosher, like even your microwave, right? That's one of the last things we kosher oftentimes, right? And all of a sudden it comes the 14th in the morning and I have to have it koshered by 11.54 a.m. and I realize, oh my gosh, I used it last night. And now what happens? You can't kosher it and you're stuck for the rest of Pesach. You can't kosher. Most things can't be kosher once Pesach starts. I mean, oven would be different because you, you do leave in Chumur. But anything else... You can't do uh, Haggadah and things like that on, on pay, once Pesach begins. So it's very important to remember, you know, to anything that's going to need 24-hour layover, do not wait to kasher the 14th in the morning and you forgot to leave it 24 hours. It's good to, that happens to one or two people every single year. So I started putting it like the largest and biggest font in the thing. So to, to remember that, because um, that happens. Okay, let's talk about different items. Ovens. Okay, you have a self-cleaning oven, and you like to break your oven, then run it on self-cleaning. I'm kidding. Um, it's, I'm not kidding. My, bro- my oven broke. My, my, my thing broke from it. The, if you want to self-clean your oven, and you're good, you're good with it, it's the easiest thing to do. So as long as you're comfortable doing it, if you self-clean your oven, you don't have to do any preparation. You just turn it on. You turn it on, and it will and leave the racks inside. It get, it get, sorry? Do not have to wait 24 hours. Self-cleaning oven, you just turn it on. And have a party. Well, don't it have a party. To be but some it's of fine. them don't turn on with the racks in it. The self clean mode won't turn on with the racks. Okay. Um, okay. So then you should cover your racks. Really? But, cover your racks. You can't so, just clean your racks. So, and so, then do five so hold on. So hold on a second. So so if your oven is a self clean oven, anything inside that oven when you do it, kosher one hundred percent. 
and it's totally fine. So if you want to do that, you don't have to wait 24 hours. Just turn on self-clean and you are good to go. Um, if you're using a non-self-cleaning oven, so then you do need to clean the oven beforehand um, with like a, one of those, uh, what do they call them? A brace. Easy off. One of those like those things. You, got to clean, you have to clean it. Clean it well. If there's like black spots, you know, if there are black spots, you don't have to use a toothbrush. It's a blackened spot. It's like, it's basically gone already. You don't have to worry about that. It's like, clean it, clean the door, you know, clean it well. And then you run it on the highest setting for one hour, for one hour. And you are, your oven is now kosher. With the racks. But, the, the racks with the racks in it. But then you should still cover the racks with, with, with tinfoil. Okay. It's not that hot then. But um, you know, so you just cover you cover the, you cover the racks with tinfoil, but you poke holes in it because you need airflow. So it's good to just make sure they, they poke holes in it. Does it need to be easier, or it could be like you know vinegar, a, a baking caustic, soda? They say a caustic. I don't mean caustic on on, the on your on your body. So as long as you wash, as long as you clean it really well, it doesn't what have about? to be a, like you know. I think they didn't make easy off seventy five years ago, so they must use something else. So if you use something well that cleans it well. You're okay. Oh, you're, you're what about like gre- the the oven door, like the glass? You should clean it. What if those grease splatters are really hard to get? Then you then you're okay. You just, you wash them as best as you can, and then you stop. And then you stop. And then you stop. And then you blame it on your rabbi. Okay. When you get to Shemaim, you'll blame it on the wait, rabbi. Wait, why did I think? Why have I never covered my? I don't know. That's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's not. This is it's a homer. We were machmir because there's, there's a lot of schmutzy stuff on there. So if you put your Pesach thing on the schmutzy thing in the hot, in the hot so that's not so great. So we, so we try. But you, you're right. You had it on 550. You probably got it off most of it anyways. You're probably fine anyways. I'm sure your racks are not dirty. So I'm not really sorry about you. Okay. The, 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 the top, your cooktop thing, your cooktop thing. If you have an, an electric cooktop, you just turn on each one until it gets red hot. That's it. And then it's done. If you have... I would. I think it's a good idea to do one at a time. You don't want it to break for safety reasons. Do one at a time. If you have a gas stove top, so take something. You want to put a pot on top. You want to put a blech on top. It doesn't matter. It can be a kosher pot or kosher pesach pot or not. Put whatever. Put something on top and turn on the the gas burner on the highest setting for 15 minutes. You'll see what happens is that it it's it's by putting something on top of it, it spreads the flame around. So that it, it kashers the grate, and the grate is kosher pesach. If you'd like, you can put your grates in your in your uh, oven for the if you do a self clean. But it'll probably get rid of all the enamel on it, so I wouldn't do that. Um, but you I could can put them in the dishwasher first, and then do the. You could do that if you like. That's, Wait, but I always yeah. do as I ask you every year. Um, yeah. So basically, I take one burner at a time. I take I a huge too. pot and I fill it with. I try and kill. It's okay to kill yeah. two birds, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm cashing the pot also. That's fine. Right? Yeah. We'll talk about cashing pot in a second, but yes, it's fine. You, if you're if you're burning it up, um, you can only do that if you need to use those burners. If you have separate grates, then you don't need to do this. If you have if you have different grates for Pesach, yes. then you're fine. Yes, correct. Okay, um, okay. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you. A, I'm going to tell you. I know I, we only have five minutes left, so I want to make sure I get everything in. I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay, I called the OU and I asked this Shaila. Okay, so this like, if this shocks you. Then I spoke to the OU Kasha's hotline, okay, and I called them and asked this question. My my oven, my stovetop is such that the grates all connect, so you can't touch, you can't put anything down in between right. the fires. So I said to myself, do I have to put tinfoil on my whole thing? I, I can't even touch it. 
right? If you, if, there, if you can put things down, then you should cover it with tinfoil. But I said, I can't touch it because my grades go all across. So I called the OU. I said, like, am I crazy? Or like, if I can't touch the thing, can I not put tinfoil? He says, yeah, you don't have to put tinfoil. There. But if something drops in a major. You got to throw it away. But you could, but my point is that if you want to not put tinfoil under your, in between your grades, if, again, if you, if your grades are one, 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 separate, so then you have to, you should, you should cover them with tinfoil. But if it covers the whole surface, if you can handle this, you don't have to put tinfoil on that thing, and I and I don't, I don't. So you know. But if you can lift up, do you need to put tinfoil on the grates themselves? No. Or just you just touch your grates. You don't have to. Around the outside, so it should be covered. Fine. The metal, the metal on the inside, you need to cover with tinfoil. No, he's saying no. My point is that if your grates are go across the whole thing, so you could pick them up, and food falls underneath. You could pick them up. Yeah, I guess. So don't pick them up for all the pizza. If food falls underneath, you just throw it away. Food falls underneath, you just throw it away. But you're not going to end up resting a pot on there. That's the concern. You're not going to rest a pot on it hot or something. That's not going to happen because you, you, don't, you don't do that. So because of that, you don't have to cover it with him. You can, you can if you'd like to, but you don't have to. Something just to continue. I thought you were saying yours don't pick up. No, you can pick them up, but, they're, but, they, but when they're down, they're contiguous the whole way across. When they're down, when they're covered, my whole st- stove top is covered by the grates. There is no space to put anything directly on the thing. You can't touch the stove top. The plastic. The plat. The thing. Yeah, but your fingers all throughout. The yeah, whole thing. I'm just. I called the OU. I asked them, and that's what they said. So you don't want to do it. You've done it a different way for for for, for decades. You don't have to do what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you. I'm trying to make your life more joyous on Pesach. Microwaves. Microwaves. Don't use for 24 hours. Don't use 24 hours, and then take a, a bowl, paper bowl or something, fill it with water, spin it in there for 20 minutes, whoosh, it'll, it'll fill it with steam, it's coached with Pesach, and you should cover the, that, that 20 minutes. It's got 20 minutes in your microwave? Yeah. Well, until it while boils out, but it's going to take you 15, 20 minutes. Wait, you can cover that glass plate? I always take the glass plate You can either cover the glass plate or take the glass plate out. Either one is fine. You can cover the saran wrap or take it out. Does the glass plate need to be in when you're cashing? When you're cashering it, if you're covering no, it, no, it doesn't or... have to be. In. It can be. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. That's your choice. But if you, let's say you're filling a cup with water. Right? Yes. It's going to boil out. Of I recommend a bowl minutes. because a bowl is going to give you more. It'll spread oh. the steam better than the cup. And when you cup, that, that bowl is not I use it. I usually use a paper bowl just to like make it like not, a, not a problem. But in theory, in theory, the bowl could be a not, the bowl could be, if it hasn't been used for 24 hours, it could be a bowl that hasn't been used for 24 hours, that's not kosher based, that could also be fine. That would, that would work also. That would also work. Um, a convection it microwave? It doesn't hold enough water for, to boil that long, so then you need to So do it for 15. No, it could be, fi- until it boils out. 20 minutes or until it boils out. Either one. Either one's fine. When you say boils out, not boils over, but... Out. It, it, it evaporates. It steams up. You don't have to use up the water, right? It evaporates. It, it evaporates. evaporate entirely. Not entirely. It should steam out. It should steam out. 15 to 20 minutes, it should be fine. Convection microwave. Treat it like an oven. You cash it like a non-self-cleaning oven. Clean it well, and then turn on the highest for an hour. Same thing. Um, instant pots. You cannot cash it every It's too difficult. It's the, the top section... The, the, the top thing is, you know, electronic, and you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, to kosher it. So I would not kosher an instant pot. Um, refrigerators and freezers should be cleaned very, very well. You may, if you'd like, if you enjoy covering the shelves of your fridge and freezer, you may cover them as much as you like. Rabbi Avadi Yosef, the Rishon Tzion says, as long as it's clean, 
You don't have to cover the thing. Okay. I'm just telling you that's what he said. Some refrigerators, as far as poking holes, because yeah. of the air circulation. Yes, that's what they say. Correct. You should go poke holes. Okay. Um, pots. Pots, okay. So if it bothers you, cover them. Pots. Pots. Regular metal pots can be koshered. Don't use them 24 hours. Put it on. Then put it. You should kosher your, kosher your uh, you know, don't use 24 hours. And then fill it with water and boil it, boil it until it gets to a rolling boil, right, really, really high. Some people want pot. Some people like to drop a rock in there and then it boils over, but you can burn yourself. The other option, every Simon always says, you can just cap it. Cap it. It sit, that ca- catches the, uh, you know, the steam. It's all metal. That's an all metal pot. Not candles that, are, that have plastic. The handles can have plastic, but not like a glass top. The handles can have plastic. Let me ask you a question. Okay, yes. I got my pot going. I just captured my grades. It's yeah. rolling, um, rolling boil. If I can, I just sit and drop one by one utensil flatware, and that yes. becomes captured. Okay, it's time. Hold on a second. It's time for Marif. Anyone wants to go to Marif, you can go to Marif. I'm gonna stay because I think I'm gonna finish. But anyone wants to go to Marif, I'm, going to Marif. I'm recording it. So if you miss the last ten minutes, you know, if you don't, if you don't need to go to Marif, it's fine. Also, anyone wants to go, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna be mocked. But I'm gonna stay because I don't wanna. Like, and if I have these huge continents falling through the water, each, if I do each fork one at a time, I don't have to, like, take them out. I can do, like, 10, 20 forks and then take them out. You like, should do uh, – f- let's just go in order. Let's okay. go in order, okay? Um, okay. Uh, okay, metal utensils, yes. Um, if they have to the, – if they're totally, totally uh, metal, they don't have, like, extra handles and things like that, so you can put them in one at a time. Um, and you can be as many as you want. In that you should put them in one by one. But like, it could be fifty in there at the end. Uh, like five minutes. yeah, in theory, yes. But one and at one I time. Just read I always put like beckers in there also. You can. But then I read somewhere today that like, you have to pour into the becker, not because you because you has to go all the way in. But like dropping it in a pot of boiling water is good. But you should make sure I don't you, have to you, take you, like you a, use a tong- No, but you should take a tongs and like the, push the, it down. The issue might be is that when it, should push when it, down. it falls, it hits the bottom before being completely. No, that, that doesn't so matter. It's, it's not. It's not like two of those I have my kosher paste tongs. Just push it in. This goes all the way and it gets filled up with water. It's and that's fine. Does it have to come to boil between utensils? Like when you put the first one in, you. So that's the one thing to know. If you're putting it one after the other, if it really slows down, Gina, you probably want to know this. If you're really slow, if you're putting one after one after one, and, start, and then it stops boiling, right, right, no, then no, it has no. to get, get boiled again. Um, okay. Uh, you want to be careful when you're kashering items that they're not rusty or they have, like, handles, things like that. That's not as good. Um, sinks. Sinks. You want to kasher your sink if it's, a, uh, if it's a stainless steel sink. So the same thing we're going to talk about with, um, you know, you boil up a, a pot of water until it's a rolling boil, and then you, you know, pour the water into the sink. You have to hit each spot. Directly. Can't just like... That's only stainless. Stainless steel. Yeah, it can't be like... But not like you pour one place and like runs down. You're supposed to hit each... But I use, I, use, I use smaller pots with handles. And I just splash them. I, take, I use like three or four at a time. You know, I heat them up and then hit. Don't wait for me. Go ahead. Um, okay, countertops. What about the racks? So you can keep them... You can keep the rack in the sink. I usually kosher the sink first. Then I put the rack in and I splash on the rack. Plastic. If they're not coated with plastic, if they're my matter, metal, matter metal, matter all metal, so you can just yeah, you can just splash on top of them. Um, steaming countertops, uh, doing countertops is the same story as the as the sink, but um, but uh, what's it called? Uh, same thing. You can't splash water here and then it'll just like like roll all the way through. You really have to hit each spot separately, so it can get pretty messy and take a little bit of a long time. 
So some people use yeah, a lot of towels. Some people use a steamer. If you use a steamer, okay, that's fine. Um, um, if you want to use a steamer, it's fine. But you have to like times, go right? over each Every twice. Level. Each one like this. Twice? Each, each spot, two times. It takes a long time to do. So you can do it. I'm but but you can, <laughs> you like that. So fine. Okay, so for some people, it takes a long time. I never, I have four mica, so what can I tell you? I cover, I cover my things. Um, hot water urns, which have been used for water only um, throughout the year, um, um, can just be washed and used for, for water again. If you dry, if you wash them typically with like chametz stuff a lot, or you use vinegar to clean it out, then you really need to be kashered. There are some, like I think I saw somewhere like the Star K had a method for koshering the thing by like filling it up and boiling it and then like having a boil over. Like in theory, I, if, you, if you want to talk about it, you can send it. I can say it doesn't sound like a great idea. Um, but, you know, so, so if you mom is use it just for water, then, then you're okay. Even though you're cooking no, with other things and flour goes airborne all around near it and maybe... Yeah, but nothing goes inside. Nothing goes inside it. It's just, you just use it for water. Well, just for water. Yeah. my mixer, so i Yeah, you'll, do, you, you'll use your seichel to decide if you can do that or not. For me, I use it, I put it in the corner, I use it just for water. I use it, I use it for both. Um, and a hot water pot. A sous vide should not, cannot be covered for Pesach. You gotta get a separate sous vide for Pesach. Um, a blech. I don't know if I'm gonna use the blech anymore. If you use a blech, Right, a, a sheet of metal that you put on top of your fire, you can, uh, you can actually just, you can kosher it if you want. You can leave it on top and fire it on top of the, you know, on top of the fire for half an hour until it gets really hot. Just be careful. And you can use it for Pesach if you want. Um, some people feel uncomfortable. It's like, you have to wash it also to make sure there's nothing, no schmutz on it. But in theory, you could use the same blech. Hot plates. You can use the same hot plate during the year and on Pesach. What should you do? Turn it on the highest. Well, clean it first. Clean it. Don't use it for 24 hours. Turn it on the highest. For a half hour or whatever, until it's really until it gets to the highest setting, and then not at the same time, and then afterwards <laughs> when you want to use it, cover it with tinfoil. Some people are nervous covering tinfoil because of a fire, so then you can decide if you want to get a different hot plate for, for for Pesach. But that's a way to spend not spend an extra two hundred bucks for we'll this Pesach. Yes. Can I clean it? Yes. Then turn it on for two hours, and then I use it for twenty four hours. No, you should wait twenty four hours, and then clean it, and yeah. turn it on again. Oh, you can clean it, but whatever, whichever one you like. But okay. you said it. That's it. But let it sit before I turn it on. You're saying, yeah. Turn it on for how long again? Half an hour, whatever it is. I'm until it get the hottest. Do you clean then sit twenty four? It's better to clean and then sit twenty four hours. That's always better. Yes, always better to clean first, sit for twenty four hours, and then wash. Yes, always better. Okay, dishwashers. Dishwashers have this, like, in theory, you could do this. You could clean it out. If it's stainless steel, clean it out and then run it. Um, you don't use it for 24 hours and then run it once, clean cycle with detergent. But that's only going to work for the, for the thing, not for the, for the racks. Because the racks are made out, you know, we, t- we try to be macramere for plastic, but we can't, not the kosher plastic. So if some people have two sets of uh, racks. It's okay. You can do that. Uh, if, if it's stainless steel. If it's stainless steel. Um, warming drawers. Does it matter on the type of technology on the dishwasher because some of them are grinders and some of them are filters, and then the water goes and it gets recirculated and gets recirculated. I don't know if it matters. I haven't heard. I haven't heard that it matters. I haven't heard that. Um, we should do a different, different, different one for Pesach. Again, we're not talking about like real chametz here, but it's a good idea to get a different one. Uh, warming drawers. Warming drawers don't get hot enough for real koshering. So the only way to get them hot enough was what they say, to, to put chafing dishes in them. I'm like, once I heard that, I was like, just don't use that on Pesach. 
Um, there's ways to get it hot, but the ways to get it hot can blow up your kitchen. So, I don't have a so, line it with two things of tinfoil. No, no, no. So I wouldn't. I just, I just tell people to lay off the warming drawer for Pesach. Warming drawers, warm, warming drawers, water coolers. Um, if you have a cold spot, you know you use your water cooler. So you should uh, wash it off. Um, if the hot spot has spat has been in contact with chametz, oatmeal, things like that. So then, um, then it shouldn't be used. If it's used just for Pesach. Then you can wash it. A theory, if it was used for chametz, in theory you could even pour hot water. You know, you let it sit for twenty four hours and pour hot water over it. In theory, that could maybe work. Um, but you know, uh, as long as it's really just been used for water for the most part, then it should be just wash it off. Um, I do not recommend kashing your grill for Pesach. It's really complicated, and you're gonna get hurt. Um, uh, also, because it's so hard to clean out a grill. It's the same reason I don't recommend using a toaster oven. Uh, you know, for basically, it just it's too it's too dirty and gross. It's just it's too uh, labor intensive. So I just if you want to use a use a grill, I just say get a get a uh, disposable grill for pesa. Don't do that. Um, okay, soda stream, the carbon dioxide things that they put in the soda stream that are kosher, those are kosher for pesach. Um, so if you always just use it for seltzer, just wash it off. And use it for pesach. It's been used with other flavors, so then they don't recommend that you the should use it for pesach. Even if you um, never use them with flavors? If you never use them with flavors, if they're, if they're, this is what I was talking about bottles. I said the same thing about uh, you know, sippy cups. And the, fancy, if, fancy, if they've been, what, if they've been used with, washed with chametz, it's, a, it's a, not a bad time to get a couple of new bottles for Pesach. It's a good idea. The person really could it and it's really difficult. So, you know, they're really just used for that. So you could probably make them. But I, I, I recommend that people, especially if they're cleaning it with chametz, to just get new ones for Pesach. It's a, a good idea. Someone asked you if you can use the same as some and have dollar candle for Pesach. The answer is yes. Um, tables, you just need to wash them off and cover them. You don't have to pour boiling water. You don't have to pour boiling water on your table. Um, you're fine. I know you've been waiting. Cheesecloth is permissible for Pesach as long as it's unused. Fennel bulbs are not kidding you. I've heard that before. Um, and someone else asked me about uh, Brita filters. You know, Brita mm-hmm. things. So if it's washed with same story sort of if it's washed with chametz, you know you keep it in the in the in the in the sink and with the chametz stuff and you wash it all together. So then I would use a different one for Pesach. If you don't, you just use it for water and you don't use it for anything else. You wash it pretty much separately. So then uh, then you, then you can yeah. So so the so the CRC writes that they think that you could just wash it well on the outside and inside, and then you could use it. They say it's a good idea to change the filter. You don't have to. Um, and then you could use it on Pesach. I tell people if they use it with chametz a lot, so then it's you know maybe a good idea not to. But if you if you really don't use it with chametz that much, it just sits there and you don't find that it's like you know use anything chametz and it's not washed with chametz that you could be okay to use the same one if you can handle it. What do you mean it. use it with chametz? Like it sits on my table where I'm eating chametz. Well, okay. Like so I'm saying like you you wash it you wash it in the sink with. Uh, I don't really ever wash it. Okay, so then it's probably then. Only has water. Right, so you can decide if, if you think that I you, don't wa- really, you know I washed it really the previous two years before Pesach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but there, like I did it on the towel. So there, and so I there you go. Fun. So you're probably it's yeah. probably fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> um, that is all that I have. But I'm happy to stay and answer any other questions that you have. No, no, sure. Yes. So if you have racks, ah, yes. If you have new racks, yeah. you can kosher your dishwasher by cleaning it out really well, including that little, little thing, thing mm-hmm. with holds all the. Yeah, stuff to clean it out really well um, and then run it for a cycle uh, with detergent mm-hmm. and then you can do a brand new rack mm-hmm. this is my Pesach with toothbrush I do what? <laughs> without a toothbrush I don't allow any cleaning with toothbrushes 
for Pesach. Your eyeballs are perfect. It's so expensive. Still, now we can't eat your eyes. I can't trust you.